Welcome back, y'all. Woo. It's Terra and Tacos. I'm Christy. I'm Michael. And uh, this is what our second episode of the new of year. Of the new year. I don't yeah. know if we're going to like continue saying that as we record, but I'll lose uh, track after three yeah, or four, and then that'll be it. It doesn't matter. It'll just be 2019. <laughs> uh, so, hi everybody. We're going to talk about some hidden gems. Hidden gems. Today. Yeah. We were going to go see uh, Escape Room. Escape Room. But we have like a special thing planned for escape room and we couldn't make it happen this so, week. Maybe next week. So maybe next week. Uh, but this week we're going to, we decided to talk about movies that maybe you, y'all didn't know were out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, sometimes it happens even to, uh, uh, hardcore horror fans. Sometimes you this, discover things that this, you never saw before. I had never seen either of these movies. Oh, really? Yeah. This, this was, this was, uh, I, yeah, I am one of those people. I I had never seen either of these, so I'm oh, excited. Wow, it was cool. fun to actually watch two totally new to, things to, from a different era. Yeah, and so in the spirit of that, we also went to uh, a taqueria in East Dallas that perhaps nobody knows. It's also a hidden gem. It's also a hidden gem. So we went to this place called Taqueria Panchito, mm-hmm. and it's on Beacon Street in East Dallas. And uh, it's right across the street from another taqueria called Huasteca. We didn't go there today. And then that's across the street from a Mexican bakery. And so there's like a little kind of like, ouch, I hit myself. <laughs> there's like a little hidden... Um, like enclave. An enclave of, of hidden gems in, in, in my neighborhood. And yeah, so we had taqueria panchito and they were good, right? They were good. And there was, again... I think this is kind of simple, classic, mm-hmm. you know, we got, I had one fajita and one chicken. chicken. They were both great. Yeah, I had some fajita tacos. The the corn tortillas are really, really good. You had flour tortillas. Yeah, flour was good too. A little yeah. some onions, some cilantro. So, yeah, and, a really good uh, grilled uh, onions and, yeah. and grilled serrano pepper. And it was a little involved because I know that Mike likes flour tortillas. It was amazing to watch you order. So I ordered the tacos. Legit street tacos in Mexico, or tacos, in people Me- yeah, call them corn. street tacos, are corn. Mm-hmm. And so if you want flour tortillas, you have to order it. Right. And the lady was looking at me like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I was like, please, just put them on flour. <laughs> and, um, anyway, it was... I appreciate it. You're welcome. Um, you're welcome. Great. Yeah. So that's Taqueria Panchito. We'll give you more details about that at the end of the episode. Uh, so we're going to talk about two movies today. Mm-hmm. One is a classic slasher. Yeah. Called The, the Burning. Burning. The Burning, 1981. Yeah, 1981. 1981. And the other one is a classic ghost called The Haunting of Julia. Yes. Uh, let's start with The Burning. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so this is again, 1981. The Burning. I can't remember who the director is, but trivia it was written by harvey weinstein yeah that the we, weinstein brothers the, yeah this is what launched miramax the, um which is crazy and we didn't we didn't realize, realize that. that going in i liked this movie before i knew that that's who had written it uh-huh and it is it is and i still like it yeah it doesn't matter but this is the movie that launched miramax that's so crazy yeah and it is like at its core, a sort of simple camp, summer camp mm-hmm. slasher movie, right? That I had never seen, and I don't know why. Um, I guess it's it. 
I guess it got lost in all the Friday, Friday the, the 13th, 13th stuff. Because it came out a year after the original Friday the 13th. Right. He claims he wrote it before. before. Which is pos- totally possible. It, it, it is totally possible. Tom Savini also works. Also did special effects. Yeah. For the so it's, it's, it's crazy because it has... It's got that vibe, but it, it is... There are differences. Yeah. So tell us the main difference that you noticed about... So classic... Kids, camps, kids, kids at summer at, camp. Kids at summer camp. Slasher movies. We we almost always follow a female yes. protagonist. Yeah, and we have talked about this before as to why that might be. Um, and about midway through, because you know, there's a bunch of kids like mm-hmm. in all these camp movies. This guy's the Weisenheimer, and this guy's that, or <laughs> Weis- whatever. I love that word. Uh, <laughs> I love that you used <laughs> Weisenheimer. And it's kind of like. Uh, you know, Jason Alexander, George from Seinfeld is right. in there. Fisher, Fisher Stevens, Stevens, the former Mr. Michelle you, Pfeiffer. You had to point out to me Holly Hunter is Holly in Hunter one scene. Holly Hunter is in one scene. Which is crazy. Um, but but it takes a while to kind of figure out who we're following. Uh-huh. I mean, I think they set it up pretty early. But you end up following two sort of main characters. One who kind of runs the camp and was there... Five, five years, years ago before. and pulled a prank that went wrong. And you actually don't... They actually do a good job of, of keeping that info and, from you until, until the, the end. end. Yeah. Um, but about halfway through, and I texted you, I was like, this is really strange. Like, it's a slasher movie with two male protagonists. Mm-hmm. You have a one younger guy who's the... I, the guy from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Um, not kid, Judd, not, not Judd, Judd Reinhold. Reinhold. Um Who's the younger guy and mm-hmm. then the, the slightly older guy who runs the camp. Right. And those are our two main characters. One comes to rescue the other. Right. And in normal cases, in in most slasher movies, that would not that wouldn't be the case. No, it would be girls. Yeah. It would be girls. So it's important to say, so like the the I think it's important to say that the 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 story follows a really famous urban legend mm-hmm. in New Jersey. Yeah, uh, New Jersey and parts of New York. Yeah, called what, what, the, the Cropsy. Cropsy, the right. Cropsy urban legend. There's actually a really great documentary called Cropsy about the urban legend, mm-hmm. and then it gets into the reality that it might have stemmed from, which is far more horrifying than the urban legend itself. So, like, can, I, I'm not familiar with yeah. it at all. Can you briefly tell sure. me what the Cropsy so urban legend is? The, in, in parts of Jersey and then, like, Long Island and uh-huh. stuff, um, and maybe Staten Island, it, it's this story of there were as an abandoned uh, mental institution. Of course. And there actually is. Yeah. And it's still there. And um, kids would go there and hang out. It's in the woods. Uh-huh. And there was this the le- urban legend of, of, of a stalker named Cropsy who would attack these kids. Um, and almost everyone, like, the, our age and older, mm-hmm. like, they interview a bunch of people, all knew it. Like, mm-hmm. it was just... Like for us, you know, it was like the don't go to this park, the right. Satanists are there. Yeah. That was like that popular for them. But in the documentary, it goes back and actually kind of follows the birth of the legend. And they think it is from this, this dude who, when finances or budgetary stuff got cut, uh-huh. that mental institution released a lot of people. Oh, shit. And that, so that you happened. had some people who maybe weren't ready to, <laughs> to, to be, be out in the world. world and that he killed 
a number of children. Wow. Um, and it's horrifying because he specifically goes after children that have uh, obviously have special needs. Oh man. So it is, it's really a really fucked up. That is horrifying. horrifying. And, but decades on or whatever, it morphs into, if you go into the forest in the woods or the forest, if you hang out at this abandoned mental institution, <laughs> mental institution, Cropsy will find and kill you. Wow. And so, yeah, in we sort of start in the burning, mm -hmm. the caretaker of the, the camp. The caretaker of the camp is named, named Cropsy. And, and nobody likes him nobody for whatever reason. Nobody likes him for whatever reason. Like, we're not really told. I mean, he seems like typical creepy mm -hmm. caretaker, mm -hmm. but we don't see anything at the top of the movie that makes him creepy. Right. We just hear this conversation among these five boys. Yeah. Who the teenagers, young teenage teenage like yeah. 14, 15 year old boys who are like, he's a weirdo. He's let's, the worst. Blah, 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 yeah. yeah. So what happens is that they play this trick on him. It's they, sort of a fucked up prank, it's totally right? Totally fucked up. They take this box into his cabin and he's asleep. Oh, apparently he's a drunk. That's right. part of it. And they you see the kid take something out of the box and then they all walk out and 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 they start banging on the window so he can wake, wake up. up and he wakes up and the thing they've placed in front of him is a human skull yeah. that's like covered in worms or something. It's crazy. It's creepy. And he freaks out because who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? And there's a fire. He kicks over like a lantern or something, okay. right? And, yeah. And he lights on fire. Right. He gets severely burned. I guess because he drinks so much alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he went up. That's why he went up. That's yeah, that's good. why he went up. And the kids are watching it, and they actually do have a moment of like, oh, oh my shit. God, like, what have we done? This went wrong. Yeah. And then we jump to like... Five years later. Five years later, and it's not... Because the original camp is Camp Blackfoot. Uh-huh. And the, the, it's five years later at a camp that's like across the lake. Yeah, across the lake. Or something like that. And so you get all of these kids in... What is it about that era... And camp movies. I know. We, I we, don't we kind know. of texted briefly back yeah. and forth about this, but it's not just slasher movies. I remember a movie from my childhood called Little Darlings. Yeah. With Matt Dillon uh -huh. and Christy McNichols. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, and it's that's not a slasher. That's just like just a, a straight up kid, like a teenager movie. Yeah. Um, but so many, so many teenager movies take place in in camp. In so camp. much so that you have a movie like Wet Hot American Summer. That, that parodies. parodies it. Right. So, like, we all, at least, again, those of us of a certain age, right. I don't know if it's still a thing, but we all know this enough to where we can watch a parody of it and know what's being know parodied. Know exactly what's being parodied. You brought up, I mean, you brought up an interesting point. You said, especially, like, in terms of horror, but maybe not even just in terms of horror, uh, like, the, 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 what is the, you said it better than I'm trying to say it. Like what the forest represents. Oh, like to me, it's absolutely like, it's totally Shakespearean. I mean, you go back to Midsummer Night's mm -hmm. Dream and it is, it's the place where temptation is. It's, right. it's the place where, where, um, danger dwells. It's the place where teenagers go to get away from authority. Authority. And, yeah. uh, it's not civilized. There's, there's no order. There's, Chaos. Right. And and when you put a bunch of teenagers in that kind of, you know, Setting. environment. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's 
Yeah, it's where they go to misbehave. And, and so it lends itself to, like, the classic slasher tropes of, like, we're going to go off and fuck in the woods. Right, um, right. We can't see what's around us, like, if mm-hmm. we're being stalked by, say, Cropsy. By Cropsy. Um, or Jason or uh-huh. whoever. Uh, yeah. And also, I was also thinking, like, from a practical standpoint, at least in summer camp movies, it seems cheap to shoot. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you have a cabin and then you have this fantastic setting that you don't have to pay that for. That you don't have to pay for. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I hadn't even thought of that, but it's true. I mean, it's like Friday the 13th, the, the Boy Scouts of America just kind of let them have that, have that, that camp. campsite because no one was, they no weren't one, using it. No one it. was using it. Yeah. Yeah. So we have a bunch of kids and the whole thing is that uh, the thing that really this time around watching it jumped out at me is the mixture of ages of children at this camp yeah so you have like from very very young kids uh-huh. to high school age kids i am assuming they're high school age kids because jason alexander looks like a grown man he looks like he's george costanza yeah he looks like george costanza with a little bit more, more hair. hair to the point i was like is he is he wigged and then yeah. it was like oh, no he probably had hair the whole time i was like is he a counselor or is he supposed is to, to be, be one kid. of the kids and I th- he's one of the kids yeah so these, the older kids at this camp get to go on a canoe trip, uh-huh. uh, an overnight canoe trip. So all the older teenagers get in a bunch of canoes and with two counselors, they get to ride two days away on the, or I don't know, canoe, canoe two, two, days, two away. days away from the camp, spend the night and come back. And uh, so this is where... Everything starts so, to yeah, happen. People start getting picked off. Yeah, like one by one. Mm-hmm. Our main guy, though, first is caught peeping at a girl in a shower. Yeah, and he he says he's just doing it as a prank. Um, he, you you said like it's everyone kind of talks about him like he's the freak, and you're like, I don't know why. Yeah, it's like I, what did he do now to be the freak? Yeah, like, it's so weird. And then you have the character of Glazer. Glazer, man. I don't know. I like, don't know who plays It's like Glazer. New York birthed Glazer. Yeah. And he was there. But he's doing the work. Yeah, man. Like, he is He is the guy from the Bronx or mm-hmm. something that came to summer camp that year on scholarship. And he's going to fuck know. shit up. He's going to fuck shit up. <laughs> and he's like the big muscly dude. And... And he hates this kid. Yeah, for for, for no reason. Right, none um, none that we can discern. Because he seems the, the the kid, the scrawny kid, seems to be well liked by by the everyone kids, else. You know, yeah. and so yeah, so the, we have that conflict there. Glazer, of course, is trying to get into some girl's pants. Sure, like you do, like you do at summer camp, apparently. Um, and she lets him. She doesn't let him. She lets him. She doesn't let right. him. Like you do at uh-huh. summer camp. Um. And yeah, that's when st- people start getting picked yeah. While off. while they're away, um, people start getting picked up. And like we have a little earlier, we have the the catching fire thing with Cropsy, which is where the title of the movie comes from. I think mm-hmm. right, the burning. But then we five years later, before we get to the camp, we see him. We see this burn victim, right? Mm-hmm. Get out, and he. The, oh, that's right. The first thing he does is he kills a prostitute. That's right. That's right. And I will say, that was a crazy scene, man. Dude, that scene is fucking nuts. It's terrifying. And that kill is like pure slasher. I mean, like old school slasher. Yeah, old school, kill. like Italian. I mean, yellow. Yeah. 
Uh, the blood is so red. So red. Um, and the way they shoot it, it's total POV of the killer. Uh-huh. And I was going to say, like, that actress who plays the prostitute, uh-huh. she's real like, come up here, honey. Yeah. Let's go to my place. Yeah. You know, whatever. <laughs> and she turns into, she goes from being, like, comic book secretary hooker. <laughs> <laughs> That's your new band. Yeah. <laughs> Comic secretary hooker. Yeah. Uh, she goes from that, the moment when he grabs the shears, uh-huh. it switches, and suddenly you're like in Eyes of Laura Mars yeah, or it's something. It's so So crazy. strange. And um, uh, I I love comics. I can't get past that. It's an amazing thing. Uh, and it, man, it, I, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, shit. Because I, I, I had not seen it. Yeah. Um, and I was like, "All right, this is le- this is legit." Yeah, that first kill mm-hmm. is is really fucking yeah. kind of classic. You so know? he goes to this hooker, he kills this hooker, and then I guess decides, and then it jumps to to camp. Now we're at camp. Yeah, it's like, oh shit, now it's gonna go down. Yeah, um, and I did think because obviously Cropsey, the, the urban legend, is so Jersey, New York based. Uh-huh. This clearly, this camp is clearly Jersey, New York right. based. I yeah. mean, Glazer is the kind of most stereotypical, mm-hmm. but everyone, like Jason Alexander, Fisher Stevens, like these guys clearly seem like New like York, New York guys, yeah. like especially the, the, is it Eddie? What's his name? Is it Eddie? The kid who's like, meet me at the yeah. so-and-so, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, yes. the one that uh, he's, <laughs> they all talk he's like such that. a dick. Can we talk? Okay. Well. So the kills, there are kills that are really good. There's one in particular that to me is super bold. Which one? And, um, the, 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 when they're all rafting back, when the, when they're trying to get back. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. And this scene put this movie on, uh, what is it called? It's like the all time, um, nasties, horror movie nasties list in Great Britain. Because of this kill? It was banned. Oh, wow. In Great Britain because of this particular scene. Um, And it's the one where... So, like, at some point... We're going to jump around, I guess. Yeah. So they're, they're off, right? Also, you guys all kind of pretty much know the plot of this movie. They've gone (laughs) to the, to the, on their canoe trip. The canoes get lost. Yes. They've been unmoored. They've been unmoored. Uh, and so they have to build a raft. Yeah. Which I'm like, they built this raft in a matter of an hour. Yeah, like really quickly. Like really quick. They go find the most perfect raft wood. They put it together. I was like, wow, this. These I campers know. are legit. In the middle of like making out, yeah. they're like, we we, <laughs> we, get this these, we found these planks, <laughs> yeah. you know? So anyway, they make this raft and they- And oars. And oars. <laughs> and they send half their contingency mm-hmm. of campers back to camp, right? Uh, while the others wait wherever they are. And so they suddenly come across one of the canoes just kind of floating out yeah. on the lake. And they're like, oh, there's a canoe. canoe we got to go get it. We've got to go get it and get the canoe. And they get close to the canoe. And I think the photography is really good. I do, too. too. The photography is great. They get to the canoe. They're getting close. And they build tension really well. Finally, they pull the canoe in. And Cropsy jumps out of the canoe with, like, a giant pair of garden shears. shears. And he fucking kills all of them. Yeah. It is brutal. It's brutal. And it's it's a surprise. Yeah. It really is. Absolutely. And now you look at it and... You know, it's ridiculous. Sure. But if you're not expecting it, no. you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. I mean, and 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 for its time, you know, obviously we're, we're 
sort of moving into the the hey, heyday of the slasher era, right? right? Coming out of like Halloween and stuff uh-huh. in the 70s and Black Christmas and then moving into like Friday the 13th and all the iterations of that sleepaway camp, all that stuff. Right. But dude, it is hardcore cuz there's like five of them like five of them on the raft, On the right? raft and he kills, kills them all. He kills, kills them, them all. all. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. So you know that that there's nobody. Nobody's gonna go get help. No, they're alone. The raft is gone. The raft is gone. <laughs> um, and so you find out in the next part of the movie that the counselor, the male counselor, that's with them. I did air quotes. I don't know why. He like he is actually he's actually a male. He's counselor. actually the counselor. Yeah. I, I don't know why I did that. Um, the counselor that that's with them was one of the children who burned Cropsey five years prior. So he's, I guess, Cropsey's hunting him down yeah. or something And like eventually that. you have this sort of like, sh- and again, you can still watch this movie. This, you, and we're not ruining yeah. anything. You sort of have, you know, you have the eventual showdown between, uh-huh. again, what normally would be the final girl. Yeah. And instead you have two final dudes. Two final dudes. Which, one playing the hunts. The, I mean, literally the yeah. hunt, he has an ax in his hand. Right. And the other kid, the, the, the kid from Fast Times has been captured. Right. And it is, and I don't know why I, it's so odd to me. And I, I, I don't have a problem with it, but no. it, I have seen it the other way so many times well, that have, it really stood out. To I me. have a question or I have a, it's not even a theory. I mean, like, it's just kind of this idea and it, it, you know, um, I, I do want to talk about a lot of the stuff in the story that is kind of crazy and weird, but I want to come back to the fact that this was written by Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Weinstein, Weinstein. Um, and what we know about him, you know? Yeah. And because there's a lot of stuff in the movie that you're going to go and you're going to go watch it and you're going to go, oh my God. Knowing, you, knowing what you know now about him, it's, it's very, it's bizarre. It's bizarre. And you couldn't make this movie today. No. I mean, you have the, the most, to me, the most obvious thing. And again, I had never seen this movie and wouldn't have even in a million years known Weinstein was involved. You right. Know? And it's like, oh, it's 81. It's when he was probably, like you said, just getting his start. Yeah. His brothers were doing it. But the, the sort of the things that jump out. And again, these are things that are not unique to this movie no but there are multiple scenes at least two scenes and i think more of the dude try in some way trying to get the girl to have sex with him right when she has said no right um a couple of times yeah yeah and like that's you know kind of a thing that happens a lot in 80s movies but because knowing it's weinstein and then seeing that is so strange. It's just so it's creepy. So There's a few instances also where the, there are two girls talking, and one of the girls is talking to the counselor, saying, "You know, Eddie comes on so strong, and you know he scares me sometimes." And the counselor says, "Well, if that's if that's true, then you should do something about it. You should tell him to stop, or, or like you know, yeah, if things get too <laughs> heavy, then just come back to camp or something like that." And the girl says. Well, but I also like him. Mm-hmm. I also like it. And you would not be able to write that line today, I no, think. I, you know, it, it, there would be like an outrage. <clears throat> right. And so there's something about, 
I don't know. I don't know. It's it's too simple to say it's a different time, and I don't know how to explain it. But there is something about that idea of the the. It's the fairy tale idea of the 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 young woman who is attracted to the thing that is also dangerous. Yeah. It doesn't make it right. We're not saying. Not please saying understand. Right. Like me and Michael are not saying it's right. What we're saying is that those things do exist. Yes. There are people who get in bad relationships, yeah. you know? Yeah. And um, there are people who are attracted. Obviously, there are who, people who are attracted to someone who is, for lack of a better term, an asshole. Like, yeah, who doesn't necessarily treat them the best. And this was sort of a common trope in horror movies in the 70s and uh-huh. 80s. You even see it in some of the Halloween sequels. Um, not necessarily in the first one, but, uh, yeah. And it's odd because you and I, you know, we talk about this a lot. You and I both teach young, the young people. Yeah. Um, who are about this because you teach high school seniors. That's slightly younger than And I teach college freshmen. So they're, I mean, they're about the same age. And part of the thing we run into a lot, other than my Uh class always being like, the effects are terrible, is, um... (laughs) Watching something and only being able to view it through your own, like, sort of 2018, 2019 lens. Right. And not having any – I don't know that that's the way – that that's a good thing necessarily. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean – Some things, I think, should be viewed in context, right? Right. I think so. My sister, who is a history teacher – you know, said that says that she used to have to constantly tell her students that you you can't study history, you can't stud, be a student of history, and and sit from your place in present times and judge everything through your perspective. And we're like, I'm not saying Hitler was right. right. Just like Weinstein's a Hitler. fucking dick. Yeah, Weinstein's yes, a dick. We have gone on record <laughs> yeah. as saying we should have killed, killed Hitler. <laughs> but you you know. There are so many circumstances that lead to why things happen the way they happen. Uh-huh. And I just, I don't know if, if, if it's, it's maybe too simplistic to say that was just a way that I don't even know what I'm saying. What am I saying? Like, it's just a thing. It's just how it was. Yeah. And those were the stories that were being told. Right. And, and maybe we were stupid. Yeah. Maybe, to, maybe we were dumb not to go like, Right. That's not appropriate. And we should have like an entire training seminar to teach people that it's insensitive to do that. And I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm serious. Yeah. No, I know. And I agree with you. And, and, but it's, it's funny. And I, I guess, man, now I'm just oh, totally now we're just going down this like, and I weird guess because like I am, I am, I just, okay. I get now like this is middle age. Like yeah. I'm heading i'm already in it but like uh-huh. relatively recently you know i'm still yeah. in my early 40s but it's like you know what kid i don't need you to tell me why ferris bueller is wrong like <laughs> i fucking loved it as a kid and I, I and i'm not gonna you telling me showing me how fucking smart you are isn't gonna change my opinion right and maybe i'm the asshole for that but I at the same time so. I, i'm not gonna tell my parents that yeah. Some of the movies in the forties, they were like, there, there, it is in some ways a time capsule and it, and I'm not going to pretend it didn't affect me as a kid. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to like, 
that's the thing that drives me crazy is when some people, especially our age, like, well, I, I, I never liked that. It was shitty. Like, bullshit. Bullshit. You, you liked, liked it. it. You fucking liked you it. Liked you loved it. John Hughes. I, and you, I still love John Hughes. Me too. Hughes. And I will not. Could you make some of those movies today? No. Probably not. Do they present the best example of certain types of relationships? Probably not. Right. But I'm not going to pretend like I didn't like it and that it and didn't that they affect weren't, me. And that they weren't effective. Yeah. That they didn't speak to us. Right. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's like, and it's like, come on now. I, I loved Ferris Bueller as a kid. Uh-huh. I loved Ferris Bueller. When I got to middle-aged and watched Ferris Bueller, I was like, Ferris Bueller's a dick. Sure. But that's because I was an adult. Right. You know, it doesn't mean I don't love the movie. Right. I still yeah. love the movie, but now I'm like on Jeffrey Jones' side. <laughs> sure. Of course. You're like, come on, man. Come like, on, man. Just, you just show just up. Just go to school. You have everything. You have Your everything. parents are rich. <laughs> Fuck. What are you doing? You your, have a, a gorgeous Your girlfriend, girlfriend is so hot. <laughs> your friend drives a Ferrari yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Just go to school. <laughs> just go to school, man. That's all, that you have one job. Um, but as a teenager, graduate. yeah, as a teenager, I was like, go Fuck yeah, Ferris. Man, go Fuck Ferris. yeah. Uh, anyway, back to. I love to, that we've gotten into I know. that. Uh, back to the burning. So the burning. So let me ask you a question unrelated to sort of yeah. <laughs> middle age. Uh, why do you think it's just that it got sort of swallowed up by the Friday the 13th phenomenon? Or because I think there are some things about this that are actually more effective than Friday the 13th, the original. Yeah. Um, some things not as, but um, look, so you have actors in this that went on to have incredible yeah. careers. Yeah. And you can tell, like, right. Fisher Stevens as a kid has it. Right. Jason Alexander, even though he looks 40, I'm, he's pretty young in it. You can tell he has it. You right. Know? Right. Um, uh, the same way as when you watch Friday the 13th and Kevin Bacon. And Kevin Bacon you're yeah. like, that's going to be You're like, that's going to be the dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, okay, so let me, there are a lot of like, script issues you know it's not like a great script like some of the dialogue is really terrible terrible you know uh the main counselor girl is i just want to punch her in the face and uh (laughs) she she's actually i think she actually plays ferris bueller's mom in ferris bueller or no no, maybe i don't know (laughs) Uh, but she you've seen her on tv and stuff like that um I think that there are plot holes. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if the whole story completely gels together. What I do love about it and what I think is effective is the cinematography. I do too. I think the cinematography is better than Friday the I 13th. Agree. Um, I think some of the kills are better than Friday I the agree. 13th. Um, I think it just got lost because you've got a movie that's called The Burning. Uh-huh. And you've got uh, a movie, movie that's called, called Friday, Friday the, the 13th. 13th and yeah. you immediately know what Friday, Friday the, the 13th, 13th is going to be yeah. about. And then you also have, you know, in, in The Burning, you don't really have a killer that you see. Yeah. And, there, and there's no... You don't see him, but also there's no mystery. Right. You know it's Cropsey. Right. Like from... The, from from, from the, jump, from jump, you know you it's know Cropsey. It's Cropsey. Whereas in the original Friday the Thirteenth, you don't know we who it is. We have no idea. Who we it have is. no idea who it is. And so this movie does lack that, mm-hmm. um, and I, I think that's a problem. I also think the sort of bifurcated protagonist mm-hmm. is kind of hurts it in a way, right? That we don't quite know who to follow. We don't know who to follow, and then our. The kid doesn't really, like, he needs someone 
to save him. Right. Um, and so, like, we don't have that. We don't have, uh, for me, it's like, I don't have a reason to love this kid. Right. Me, personally, I. He's kind of. He's kind of a dick. Yeah. I mean, he's not a, a. No more than anyone else. No more than but, anyone else. But it's like, from the beginning of the movie, he's caught peeping on a girl in, in the a shower. shower. Yeah. So, already, I don't like him. Right. So I'm kind of like the whole movie going, I wish he was the killer so that then he gets to be put away. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's funny because it's almost like you could have used a character like that to set up. Right. As a red herring. As a red herring. But like, but no, we know, we know it's No, we know it's someone else. You showed us, you showed him kill a prostitute. Right. Yeah. We know it's it's someone else. (laughs) The only thing that is a surprise to us is the fact that, what's his name? Scott. Yeah, the the, Scott, the, the head of the camp or whatever what was, was one of the kids. Was one of the kids present um, at the prank. At the prank. Yeah. But other than that, yeah, it seems irresponsible to me to put them on a raft that, that you just <laughs> that made. That you just yeah. made. That seems like you a know, bad choice. That there was one part in the movie where I laughed and laughed and laughed, and it was when Glazer finally finally gets that girl in the sleeping bag, uh-huh. right? And it's like it's not because he's kind of gross and he's kind of aggro about yeah. it. He's like yeah, really yeah. aggressive. He and then he doesn't last that long because no. he's a teenager. It's like all of like not even a minute right. or something. And she's disappointed. But then two seconds later, she's like, it's all right. Yeah. We can stay. And I'm like, that's not true. No. Like that would never happen. Yeah, her first line is like, is that it? Yeah. Her first line is that it? And then he's like, I guess you want to go back to camp now. <laughs> and she's like, no, we can stay. And I'm like, no, nah, nah, girl. Get back to camp. Get back to Come camp. On. Get with Eddie or yeah. something. Uh, and it's funny because what does he say? He says to her, uh, I won't be, don't be long. And then he says, not a second longer than I got to be. And I know she's thinking, yeah, just like the sex. Um, <laughs> yeah, because it was like it lasts all of like 30 seconds. Yeah. And it, th- that was just a really funny part to me because suddenly it becomes romantic. Which is very weird. Which is very weird. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know about anybody else, but, you know, yeah. TMI here. It's not romantic when you're that young and you've got peat <laughs> moss on and you. pebbles <laughs> on you. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's and absolutely it, true. It's just kind of like... Come on, let's get back to camp. Uh, anyway, I've said too much. Um, um, so that's the burning. <laughs> yeah, but I do, but I do think, I do think that the cinematography is beautiful and the, the use of that one red dissolve. There's yeah. that red dissolve after that big kill. It's great. It's and the, really and great. the synth score is great. It, it oh, is, yeah, the synth score. I mean, it is, it is in some ways a, like Friday the 13th, like a time capsule uh-huh. of like the, the kind of the birth. I mean, I, I think you have to credit, you know, Halloween and all like that black Christmas peeping Tom movies that came before, but the like explosion of these kind of B level slasher movies mm-hmm. in the early eighties, like this is right there. Right. Um, and it seems to have, you know, been forgotten or gone by the wayside. So. Yeah. You should watch it. You should watch it just, you know, and again, it's one of those types of movies that Mike and I have talked about before where this is definitely not a movie where you have to sit and watch every single second. No. You watch it with a group of people yeah. and have pizza and right. laugh at it and, laugh and at talk it. and yeah. whatever. But it is fun because it does have some good scares. Yeah. Um, 
The second movie we're going to talk about is a movie that I have been trying to get Michael to watch for, for a long time, ever. and I finally did it. And he finally did I'm it. Glad. I took this as my opportunity to force him to watch it. <laughs> it's a movie from 1977 called um, "The Haunting of Julia." That was the American title, and in England, it's called "Full Circle." Full Circle, yeah. And it stars Mia Farrow. And I should say it's like nine years after Rosemary's Baby. Okay. Something like that. And it's just a classic, simple, haunted house movie. Yeah. Um, and the odd thing about this movie is that I, I went online yesterday trying to find more information about it because it's absolutely one of my favorite films, honestly. Um, and there there isn't a lot there isn't a lot to learn about it because it's just like this weird little movie that god made in the 70s was never released in the united states until very recently because some guy had seen it way back when and said we should release it and yeah. so it got released on dvd or something like that but uh what did you think of it i really liked it i am surprised that it disappeared in the way it did um I mean, just for the from the fact that it has Mia Farrow in it, um, and you know, and Kier Delay again playing a grown man this time and not a teenager, which makes right. way more sense. But those two movies are like so close it's together. Really bizarre. It's so bizarre to see yeah. him as a teenager in in Black, Black Christmas. Christmas and then see him as a grown ass man, yeah. like a wealthy like captain of industry. <laughs> like yeah. this makes way more sense. So strange. Um, yeah, I, I really I enjoyed it. You know, it starts. It's a woman who. God, the first scene is is pretty hardcore. Yeah, it doesn't. Her, it her doesn't, daughter chokes. Yeah, so this Mia Farrow plays a woman who Lofting, uh, Mrs. Loft. I can't remember her first name. Julia Lofting. Julia. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's in the title. Uh, Julia Lofting, who's married to Kier Dulea, and they have a daughter, and. Um, who's about I don't know ten, yeah, ten something like that. Doesn't matter. Twelve. I don't know. Kids. I don't. Yeah. know. Yeah, and. Um, there's an incident and and the young girl chokes on an apple. Yeah. And dies. And uh, in trying to save her. In trying to save her, she kills her. Yeah, Mia Farrow, Julia kill, kills her daughter. Yeah. She's essentially sort of trying to do like a, a, a tracheotomy. tracheotomy. Right. And she's she's freaking out. Yeah. And the husband is like, wait, 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 the ambulance is coming and it's it's too late. Yeah. And so, of course, she has to be hospitalized. So yeah. it jumps. That's the first scene. It jumps from that first moment of like, oh, shit, to then however long, like six months, four months later uh, yeah. or something um, after she's been hospital- hospitalized. She's been hospitalized for a while because of the the trauma of, of, uh-huh. of what she did. Um and you kind of get the feeling that she was not happy in this marriage to right. begin with. And now that the kid is... Is gone, there's no reason to stay. And so she bolts, like legit. Yeah, she legit bolts. He comes to pick her up at the hospital. And while he's talking to the doctor, she goes out a side door. Yeah. And escapes. And, and escapes. And it is also that like crazy 70s thing yeah. where a doctor is going to tell a woman's husband, husband. Right. And it's like... She needs therapy, and Kira Delea is like, we've already got that hooked up. Right. But it also has the weird 70s thing, too, where some people, like, the sort of stigma of therapy. Right. Um, where they're like, she needs a doctor. You're not talking about a doctor with a stethoscope. You know, right. like that kind right. of weird it's shit. It's so weird. And the, so she's the, like, I'm out. Right. The men are talking about how she's damaged. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they need to take care of her. They need to take care of her and how it's going to happen. Right. And it's important to say that her husband... Um, 
she's rich. Like she's, she's rich she's, as she's, shit. Yeah, she's rich as shit. And so he needs her. Uh huh. Um, so I don't know if she does this while she's in the hospital or if she bolts and goes to a real estate agent, but apparently she has a, she's bought a house in London, in London. She's bought this old house and she, she moves into this house and she don't want to be with anybody. Like right. the real estate agent is like, Oh, let me show you around the house. Like, and she's like, out. no, thank you. Get the fuck out. Yeah. I live here. And it's, we have about, you said it's about like 20 minutes uh-huh. of, of watching Julia, acclimate herself to, to this, this new old home. to this old home that's uh-huh. new to her and it's furnished but it's weird it is weird it's a weird house and it hasn't been lived in it hasn't in a while. been lived in a while she doesn't know anything about the prior tenant it is fully furnished but it is it it's yeah i mean like it was that sort of again kind of a classic 70s thing that i really love about 70s horror that no longer happens I mean, hey, man, we're going to spend a couple minutes with, like, a lovely piano playing while she, like, unpacks teacups. Right. And we're just going to we're just gonna hang out. Right. Um, right. Which, like, they do that in The Omen. Like, that's just, it's a thing that they used to do that, like, right. doesn't really get done anymore. That it, it really allows you to kind of, like, um, I don't know, relate to the character. Yeah. It's a thing that's actually happening on stage a lot now. Now. Where you just have, like playwrights actually write into their script four minutes of nothing nothing yeah someone sweeping um Um, which is which i love yeah it's great it also i love the trick of it in that you can forget that you're watching a horror movie Mm -hmm. i mean there's a world like when the little girl dies yes it's horrific but like this could just as easily be about a, a, a drama right about a woman dealing with Grief, right? right? Uh-huh. And so you sort of forget, and then it kind of cuts. It's like, oh, she's going to rebuild her life, you know. Right. She has a friend who like runs an antique, an antique shop store, played by Tom Conti, who I love. He's great. Um, and so it's like she's starting her life over in a uh-huh. way on her own. And I think I think what's what's good about this this time that we have with her, like you said, uh, unwrapping teacups and kind of like walking through the house and she's going to start her life again and all this kind of stuff. Then we're reminded acutely of what the story's about because she has a, something triggers a memory of the daughter Uh huh. and she breaks down. Yeah. She just completely breaks down. Is that when she goes to the park? Yes. Okay. And so- like, that's really then when the like actual plot of the movie starts. Right. Um, I think it's like 20 or 25 minutes in. I mean, the girl dying clearly sets things in motion, but right. we don't get to any sort of like ghost story elements until, until later. That point. Yeah. Right. And uh, she goes to the park and, you know, she's watching children play in the park and uh, she sees a flash of a, a young girl in a sandbox that, uh-huh. that reminds her of her, of daughter. her daughter. And she's not quite. Like anybody would be. She's not ready to let go of, of her daughter. Right. And so any young girl with long blonde hair immediately to her is, is, her, is, her, daughter. is her daughter. And she walks over to the sandbox and the girl is gone. gone. But she finds like a little knife yeah. in the sand, like a little pen knife in the sandbox. And she picks it up and then there she finds a turtle. Right. There's like a little box turtle or Uh something that she picks up and someone has killed Killed the turtle turtle. but now it's just her standing there with a knife and a turtle and and blood on her hands right and the little kid starts there's a little kid starts screaming and one of the other mothers in the in the playground is like get the fuck out of here piss off piss off 
Um, and she's got a Polaroid. Like, she's been taking pictures yeah. and stuff like that. She goes home and um, she's washing her hands because she's got blood on her hands and on her coat. And she remembers how she cut her daughter's throat yeah. with a knife and breaks down again. Yeah. And that's when the stuff in the house uh, right starts to, to happen. happen. And then in like old 70s times, old 70s old times. 70s times. When I was but a child, uh they have a séance at the house. Mm-hmm. Um cuz she's still she's really good friends with her sister-in-law. She's good friends with her sister-in-law and the 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 husband or the ex-husband or whatever wants her back. Yeah. And so the sister-in-law is who actually likes her is trying to help her like deal with this. Yeah, so I that- almost like it almost struck me as they don't talk about it, but like I almost wonder if she met her husband through this. Through this yeah, because yeah. they seem like friends. And yeah. so the sister in law says, I know this lady and she holds like weekly seances or whatever and we can't get can we use your house? Yeah. And Julie's sure. like, sure, whatever. Why not? It seems like a good idea. Yeah, let's do that. Um so the woman, Mrs. Flood, comes over and she's like, like it's just like this charming British cockney lady. Yeah. Who's you know, pissed off that Mia Farrow doesn't have tea. She right. only has coffee. She only has coffee and she's That's like... That's caffeine. That's caffeine. And caffeine's a drug. <laughs> the um, other guy's like, she's right. She's right. <laughs> and so they have this seance, but Mia Farrow does not want to participate in it. She feels weird about it. Right. But shit goes down. Yeah. The old lady sees something. We don't really know what. That's it's, a great scene. Yeah. It scares the fuck out of her. And it's like, it's it's a real testament to the directing. It's a testament to the cinematography. And it's a testament to the acting in that... You don't see anything. Anything. And this scene is very effective. Yeah. As far as being I, scary. Oddly enough, with all the sort of supernatural things that happen, the th- I thought the three scariest scenes were dealing with three different old older women. Uh-huh. Old women. I could say yeah, that. Yeah, they're right? old women. Uh, those to me were the the scariest scenes in, in right. the movie. Uh, right. And so she's the first one. Yeah, so it's Mrs. Flood. And then, so so Julia gets curious. Start, shit starts to happen. Yeah, and, and the lady, Mrs. Flood, tells j- her j- get out of the house. Yeah, she tells her get when out the, of the medium. House. Listen, y'all, when the when the old British medium tells you to get out of the house, get out get of the out house. house. Don't argue. Like, come on. Don't argue. <laughs> I mean, we see this so many times. Uh, but no, she's like super curious. So she decides to do research because the neighbor. Talks to her about the lady that used to live there, and it was tragic because the little boy died or something like that. Yeah. So she goes to talk. No, no, no. It's different. She she talks to the neighbor, and apparently this neighborhood in the 40s, during uh-huh. World War II, there was a German lady that lived in the neighborhood yes, who had a little who son. Who had a son. Who died who, tragically. Who died, yeah. Under mysterious circumstances. So she investigates, and she finds out that... There's actually this other little girl that used to live in the house she's living in now right. that also died under mysterious uh-huh. circumstances. So she goes and she does all this research. She finds all this stuff. The second old lady is the mother of the German kid uh-huh. who's also terrifying. Yeah. It's just scary. It's just scary. Like blind old lady. Not scary because she's blind, but like she's she's. These actresses. Yeah, it's, they're it's, just they're, they're just, just killing it up there. They're great. So then, then she goes to see the mother of the dead little girl, which is the probably this I thought the scariest scene in the movie. It is the scariest scene in the movie. She goes to the old folk home, old folks home to see this woman who is like 
gaunt. She's dementia. Oh, she's man. Like, she's got One of my favorite. What does she say? Uh, you, uh, she says, I'm the one who's dead. I'm the one who's dead. All safe and dead. Yeah, I was like, fuck. Because she's quiet. Like, she's almost catatonic uh-huh. when they bring her into the room so Mia Farrow can talk to her. And so Julia starts talking about the little girl. And out of nowhere, she she makes a turn. Uh-huh. And, and um, she comes alive yeah. again and starts talking about the daughter. And she's fantastic it, she's fantastic it, it, and it's it's so freaky she reminds me of now i'm not going to remember his name but she reminds it reminds me of the performance in poltergeist of in poltergeist yeah. 2 of the, uh, of the old, older man of the older man yeah um anyway so she goes back to the house she doesn't leave people start dying yeah um she starts as she puts the mystery together anyone who she sort of talks to about it or might be connected to it starts to to die. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty great. Yeah. What, what and they don't ever even tell you what the twist is. No. You have to really be paying, paying attention, attention to to figure out what is happening to her. Yeah. And I still think that that final shot. Yeah. The, it has it has a somewhat ambiguous ending although i think less ambiguous than some critics made it sound i know I, um, to, it was very clear yeah to me. It i, I was thought very so too. clear to me um but so in in the final moment of the film she comes back home and just makes the decision yeah i'm gonna this is my house i'm gonna I, stay, I'm gonna in stay my here and, and the final shot of oh, the movie should i a, describe it uh or should i just leave just, that i think leave it let's leave that one yeah and um, it's it's bold it's as bold fuck. as fuck and it yeah. goes right into the credits um and like this is like a 90 minute movie it, it's, it's just beautifully photographed beautifully photo- yeah classic sort of ghost story 70s story you have talented actors even when it's not scary like the scenes between Mia Farrow and, and Tom Conti are, are some of my favorite yeah they're just lovely scenes between yeah. two friends yes you know friend trying to help a friend yeah also two Americans happen to live in London you yeah. know what not a big deal not it big, happens yeah not a big deal it's <laughs> it's really great and and uh, it's just filmed in a way that they don't make movies no everything about it is if if the burning is a a time capsule of early eighties B slasher movies, this is like a perfect representation of late seventies ghost, ghost story. Yeah, uh, the whatever like the filters that he's using, the the music, how she's dressed. It's also like I know you and I talk about like wasp horror, uh-huh. <laughs> and it's not like that, like hereditary, but it is wasp horror in in. In the idea that we are often presented with people that don't have to live normal lives. Right. Because they're so rich. Right. So, and in my mind, it's always a wasp. (laughs) Non-wasps don't have money, right? Um, So she does, she had, she can go do like this dive deep, deep, deep into this mystery. She has nothing she, she does, has yeah. to do. She just buys this house. Yeah. She, like sight unseen. Sight unseen. And they didn't have internet back then. Right. She so, just fucking rolls so she's in. she's like, I'm buying this house. Yeah. And um, it's, it's really lovely. It is. It's, it's a beautiful movie. And I love the score. Like it goes from, from really beautiful piano, just like simple piano to sweet, sweet late seventies, like synth. Yeah, man. 
it's sometimes in like in the same scene. Yeah, it's real nice. It's really beautiful. Uh, it's also the I, I read a little bit about it. Mm-hmm. It's based on a book called Julia, mm-hmm. a horror novel by a guy named Peter Straub. I think is how he says his name. Oh, yeah. I did not know this. Who has written a ton of horror mo- books himself and also has collaborated with Stephen King. Oh shit! Yeah. I'm gonna now I'm gonna go find it because I know that I've read stuff by that guy. I yeah. did not know that he wrote the. I think his most famous, at least, collaborations, he wrote The Talisman with King. That's right. Which ties into the Dark Tower. So, like, he's legit. He has, like, six Bram Stoker awards. But this was his first, um, like, real horror story. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, the book, I think, is just called Julia. I've never read it. I didn't know it. I'm going to go find it on the Amazon. But he's he's legit. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I think it's... It's great. Uh, and and the, the, I guarantee, I guarantee that if you knew about the burning, I guarantee you did not know about Haunting of Julia. Yeah, I, I, and I am shocked by that. Yeah. I don't understand why it didn't, didn't catch on in any way. I like, know. she was still a big star, she right? She was a huge star. Um, she was a huge star. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. I guess we'd have to go back and look at what else was was released in 1977, or what other British movies were being made in 1977. Yeah, or if like horror was just going a different way, and people didn't want sort of simple things like this. Or, yeah, I don't know. But yeah, it's like, dude, it's Mia Farrow. Right. Right. Like at her Mia Farrowiest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is there is an element of it that does. It, it is reminiscent of, of Rosemary's Baby, but it's not, it's more gentle. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think even like, man, it's not even, it's not trying to make the points that Rosemary's Baby oh, no. is trying to make. No, this is a simple, simple yeah. ghost story. Mm-hmm. This is a simple He's not story. satirizing American culture. No, or, not yeah. at all. This is really a movie about a woman who, who is trying to deal with death and grief. And her particular resolution. Yeah, and that's to it. and that's it. Yeah, with some some really strong supporting characters mixed in. Yeah, um, it's great. So I, I highly highly yeah, recommend it. I had a great like I watched this one late last night, and um, you know sometimes I'm like, oh, it's late. I don't know, and like within ten minutes, I was like, shit, yeah, man. Yeah. This is, I'm into this. Uh, and there's something about her, and maybe this is like a whole other thing when we do Rosemary's Baby or we just talk about Mia Farrow. There's something about her when she was in the 60s and 70s, whatever age she was, 20s or 30, 20s and 30s, I yeah, guess. Yeah, by the time she made this movie, she was, she was either early 30s or late 20s. Okay. Or, yeah. That, I don't want to suggest she is a human is frail, because I'm sure that's not the case, but there is a frailty to her appearance mm-hmm. that I think oddly makes her a really captivating protagonist in movies like this. She's incredible. She is sort of bird-like. Yeah. And I mean that, like, I think, the she's, best I think she's beautiful. She's absolutely gorgeous. But she seems like she's just a, t- like, she's, I don't know, she seems right. bird-like. She seems me. bird-like. I know exactly what you mean. And at the same time, she has moments of, of yeah, frailty. But also real power, real power. Yeah, the yeah. fact that she bolts from the hospital Hell and yeah. says, fuck you, I'm doing yeah. this. And, and it's something that coupled with her being, I don't know, I don't know. five feet tall that's or whatever why, she is and weighing 80 she, pounds. That's why she was Mia Farrow. I mean, yeah. that's why she was, she went from Peyton Place to Rosemary's Baby to 
haunting, haunting Julia. Julia. Yeah, and and she she has the same effect in like Hannah and her sisters. Yeah, and Alice. Yes, uh, who you know I, I I'm a big fan of Woody Allen movies. Um, Alice is not one of my favorites, but I watch it for her. Yeah. And she's fantastic in Hannah and her sister. Dude, sisters. she's so good in Hannah and she's her sister. She's so good in that movie. I like that we brought Woody Allen and Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That'll have to be a whole episode. Oh, yeah. But yeah, she's, she's a fucking movie star. Yeah, she's and a movie a star. Reason. And she, it's like she was doing a thing. She's also married to Sinatra. I know. <laughs> like, I think, you know, and Sinatra divorced her because of Rosemary's Yeah. Baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. That scene where they make, where they make love. In in the where they make love, they make love. They were making <laughs> love, making love in the empty apartment. He didn't want her to do it, and uh, and also the the whole black mask thing. Frank, you need to grow up. Yeah, grow up, Frank. Oh, he's dead. Um, <laughs> no, there's something about her that uh, it's that thing that great actors do that they do nothing. Yeah, she does nothing. Uh, and it and it and it were I don't know what it is. I don't know and, what it and is. If I had it, she's got it. Yeah, if I had it, maybe I'd be a star. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, these are two. I I'm glad you picked these. Forced you to watch yeah, them. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's something we should do from time to time. Like you, these are movies a lot of people don't don't know. Right. And we should you know we shouldn't right. let them die away. We shouldn't let them die away. I think they're they're fantastic and I yeah. I try to get everybody to watch Haunting of Julia if I can. Like uh recently a friend of mine asked me that or or told me that his daughter had expressed an interest in in horror movies and she's like 12 or she's about to be 13 or something like that and he wanted to kind of like introduce ease her, her, in. Ease her in. And I actually suggested Haunting of Julia. Yeah. I think it's great um you know, it, it's not very, it's not like super gory. No, not at all. There's blood, but, but not, but not, not like the burning. It's elegant. Yeah. Yeah. It's, if, if I can use that. Yeah, word. it is. It yeah. is. And, and, and it's a very clear, yeah, clear, simple story. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. I was thinking, uh, I know we announced, we announced our Kickstarter that uh-huh. we shot it. It'll be out soon. I swear it really will. But, it's funny, like you and I sort of combined in working on this movie that we're that we're going to make. Yeah, that's going to both happen. of these things. Yeah, like, we took the camp idea and like ours is moved to a theater camp, right? But it's still a summer camp. Right. We just made it theater because that's what we know a lot about, and we right. want to make fun of it. But then on top of that, we also have a sort of simple kind of haunting as like it's like. This sums up what we're about. Like right. these two these two things. And how can we put them together, you yeah. know? Yeah. They're um, they're fantastic movies. Um you should catch them. Yeah. Uh what are we going to talk about next? I think we should try and do the the, the escape room. The, yes, yeah, definitely. We're going to try to do the escape room. We will do the escape room. We have a very special guest and I think it'll be super fun. It'll be super fun um, to, to, and to have to her. have her and uh yeah. All of usual thanks to Jim John Make Noise. Yep. Thanks. Go to Taqueria Panchito in yeah. East Dallas on Beacon Street. There's a great little Mexican bakery across the street from it that I confess I did get some sweet bread today. Um, it's the best. It's the best. And uh, support your local mom and pop taquerias. Definitely. And, uh, <laughs> you know, if in the new year, if you're, if you're listening and you like it, hey, 
Post something about yeah. it. Yeah, give a shout out to Don. Who Don? Thank you. Gave You're us the man. a great review. It makes and, us happy. Uh, yeah, and, and it helps it, spread the word. Yeah, and if you if you know of a of a little horror movie that you think nobody else knows about, hey, let us know, and uh, we'll watch it. Yeah, and talk about it. So join us next time. All right, bye. bye.